Well, we've been in a series for the last couple of weeks called Share. And uh, this series has been a little different than what we normally do. But what we're doing in this series is we're talking about sharing the things that can make a big impact so that we can make a difference in our world. And let me ask you right out the gate here, did you know you were created to make a difference? That is literally how God wired you. You were created, you were fashioned, you were formed to have influence in somebody else's life. You're not here just to exist and somehow make it to heaven. No, you're here to make a difference. You're here to make an impact in people's lives. That's how God has designed us as human beings. In fact, sociologists have told us that the number one need that every human being has is for their life to matter to somebody. It's the number one need. And what's so cool about the way God designed us is you matter most to others when you make a positive difference in their life. And when you, when you live your life to meet needs for others, watch this, then your greatest need is being met as well. God wired you with a difference to be, with a, God wired you with a desire to be a difference maker so that both you and others benefit from you stepping into your calling and purpose and walking in that. And God didn't stop just with our design. God has also given us the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can make a difference for others in the areas where it matters most. And I'm talking about for eternity and in the advancement of his kingdom. That's what the power of the Holy Spirit does. We, we looked at this scripture last week. Jesus said, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when you are, you will become my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And so God has put his Holy Spirit in believers, in, in, the, in, the, in the lives of sons and daughters of God so that we can make a difference where it matters the most. And in this series so far, we've talked about the importance of sharing your time, talent, and treasure and how when we choose to share ourselves in those areas, we make a big difference in our world. And then last week, we talked about sharing our story. And we looked at uh, the, the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4. And we talked about three keys to sharing our story with others. And let me just say, if you missed that last week, make sure you go online and listen to it or watch it on our YouTube channel. You can uh, listen to it on our podcast or on our website. And I, I just I want to encourage you to do that because we heard from a lot of people this week that said, hey, that message was transformational for me because I've never heard how to share my story with somebody else. And so that's all I did. I just gave you three easy principles that your story should look like this, and it should sound like this, using the story of the woman at the well. And so I, I would love for you to go online and listen to it and, uh, or watch it and then click the share button when you're done with it so that somebody else can hear it or watch it. See what I did there? The whole share thing. You guys tracking? You following? Yeah. But today, as we continue the series, I want to talk about something else that we're called to share that will make a big difference in our world. And today, what I want to talk about is sharing our faith. We can make a big difference. We can make a big impact in our world when we choose to share our faith. So let's pray and ask God to speak to us today through his word. Father, we love you. And again, we thank you, Lord, for this day, for what you're doing, God, for how you're working in this place already. And Lord, I pray that your word would come alive in our hearts today, God. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us clearly. I pray, Father, that we would feel challenged by the Holy Spirit to become more like Jesus. God, to become courageous and bold with our faith, God. That we wouldn't be ashamed to be called the people of God. That we wouldn't be ashamed to be associated with Jesus Christ. But Lord, our faith would permeate 
out of us and influence everything that we do every single day of our lives, God. I pray, Lord, that all of this would become real for us today, and we give you praise and thanks for how you're going to speak and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, you guys probably have experienced this, but you go through times on like social media maybe where you just get like you just get bombarded with stuff people are sharing. Have you ever seen that? It's like everybody's sharing this video or everybody's sharing this meme or everybody's sharing this gif and everybody's sharing it and uh, they all think they're original. You know, it happened to me a few weeks ago. There was somebody put together this uh, this this picture of the Braves third base coach, you know, doing this and telling people to go home because that's all he did all night against them Dodgers. I'm just saying, go home, go home, score. And so they, they created a picture with an ice pack on his shoulder because he was, you know, he was hurting from all the, all the stuff. And, and everybody kept sending it to me. And, you know, at first I was like, yeah, it's, it's funny. That's good. And then, you know, after a while, it just gets old. I'm like, okay, you're the 10th person that shared this with me today. And I just cannot keep giving you a courtesy laugh. You guys ever given somebody a courtesy laugh? Like they think they're funny. Some of you are giving me a courtesy laugh right now. Some of you, they just think they're so funny and you don't want to be rude. So you're like, huh. I, I do it to my administrative assistant, Jessica, all the time. We'll be in the office. She'll say something. I'll be like, huh. <laughs> Go back to my work. <laughs> courtesy laugh, you know. And so I give them a little courtesy laugh, but I'm really saying like, hey, please stop sharing this with me. This is getting obnoxious, like you're killing me with this. But people share stuff on social media all week. And the truth is we have a lot of opportunities each and every day to share all kinds of things in our world. I mean, we see, see that share button if you're on social media. You see it on almost every post. You can choose whether or not to click it. Uh, we see it in our emails. We can choose. We can forward this or we can keep it to ourselves. We share our thoughts in conversation with others. That's what we're doing when we're having a conversation. You share a thought, I share a thought. It would be pretty rude for you to share a thought and just me be like, you know, like, no, no, you share a thought and I'm going to share a thought. If Carmen's sharing a thought, my thought is, huh, that's good. That's, that's great. And then she's like, were you listening? And I'm like, I, I am to a point. Yes. She's calling me out. But no, that's what conversation is. You're sharing. She's sharing. We're sharing with each other. We're talking about all kinds of stuff. Like, what's your favorite restaurant? I had a, a text from somebody the other day. Hey, where, where do I go to get the best burger in Colorado Springs? You know, that stuff. You're sharing your thoughts. You're sharing your ideas with one another. You're sharing what you're excited about. All of those things. The world is literally designed, if you think about it, for human beings to share what we think and what we know and what we're excited about with one another. And here's the thing. That's not just the world's design. That's God's design. That's God's design. He's the one who created us. And he wired us to share our lives with one another. But not just whatever. Not just your favorite restaurant and all of that. God literally has a calling on every single one of our lives to share certain things. Specific things that, watch this, they bring him glory they make a difference for others, and they fulfill your purpose and your calling in Him. And among the things we've talked about so far in this series, there may be none that makes a greater impact in our world than sharing our faith. I want to show you a verse of Scripture here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And if you read 1 Thessalonians, Paul talks about the faith of the believers at the church in Thessalonica often, but look at what he says to them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7. He says, and so you became a model 
to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. Then verse 8, the Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Now, this, this verse of Scripture is describing big impact. Paul says your faith in God, hey, it's gone way out of the bounds of your city. It's gone out of the bounds of your county and even your state. Your faith in God is known everywhere. You've become a model for others to follow. The Lord's message is ringing out from you all over the place. And you might wonder, well, how in the world do you make an impact like that? How do you make a difference in your world like that, where you're talking about not just your normal sphere of influence, but now everybody everywhere knows about your faith in God. The way that you make that impact is you make a decision, I'm going to be someone who shares my faith in God. I'm not going to hold it in. I'm not going to hold it to myself. I'm going to share my faith. When you choose to share your faith, you make a big impact. And this is what I want to focus on today. I want to talk about three impacts that we can make on others by sharing our faith. Okay, here's the first one. Three impacts made by sharing our faith. Number one, when we share our faith, we encourage one another. We encourage one another when we share our faith. Let me ask you, does anybody else feel encouraged when you get around people of faith? Have you ever thought about that? Like you, you walk into a room with a bunch of faith-filled people, and, and, and I don't know about you, but for me, like my countenance changes. If I'm, if I'm down, if I'm, if I'm not feeling well, or I, I'm concerned about something, my, my, whole, my whole heart will change from being in a room full of people of faith. We don't have to talk about anything in particular. I just walk into a room with faith-filled people, and I feel a difference in my heart. There's a reason for that. That's not just, that's not just by chance. That's not just happenstance. That's why it's so important that we engage together in a community of faith. We've got to be in the room together. Come on, somebody. We've got to. Come on. Yeah. Amen. There's a difference that happens in your heart when you walk into a room with a bunch of faith-filled people. And Paul actually spoke to this in Romans chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. This is what he said. He said, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong that is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I love that verse of Scripture because this is how God created the body of Christ to function. We are put together in a family of faith, and we come together in a house of God. And what we do when we come together is we encourage one another in our spiritual walk. And the way we do that is by being faith-filled people and not being afraid to share our faith with one another. And I really appreciate what Paul said here because he could have easily said it this way. He could have said, look, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to preach a message that God put on my heart. I'm going to teach you something, whatever. It's going to encourage your faith. And that's it. I'm the pastor. That's my job. I'm Mr. Encouragement. I'm going to blow in, blow up, and blow out. And that's it, right? But that's not what Paul said at all. What did he say? He said, yes, I want to come to you and I want to, I want to impart something. I want to give you something that's designed to make you stronger. But you also have a part to play in encouraging me and encouraging one another. It's not all about what I can do for you as your pastor. It's about what we can do for one another. That is the function of the body of Christ. That's why we have a body. That's why we come together like we do. We all have a role to play, and when we're all fulfilling our role, we're all encouraging one another. That's what we're called to do, and that's one of the reasons I love our men's life group on Wednesday night. 
I love it because it is a room of encouragement for me. I walk in the room, and I'm a lot like Paul. Like, you know, I might, I don't lead the group. I don't even facilitate it. We've got great leaders. So I'm just a guy that comes to a life group, and I love that. But I walk in, and I might share something that the Lord put on my heart. I might read a verse of Scripture and say, man, I think this is what this means. And then we talk about it. But I'm not the only one doing that. Somebody else has some wisdom and shares it. Somebody else has a story and shares it. Somebody else has a testimony and shares it. And we're going around the table and we're sharing our faith together. And what's happening is, is encouragement is rising up because faith is being built from being together in the room. And, and, and that happens. The reason that we feel encouraged is because when we get together, we don't sit around a table and talk about everything that's wrong in the world for an hour. Come on, that's not a life group. That's sad. That's, that's depressing. Nobody wants to talk about that. You see it enough on your own, in your living room, in front of the TV if you choose to watch it. I, I, I'm, I can't stand it. When I come to church, I don't want to hear about everything that's wrong in the world. I want to hear what's right in the world. And what's right is Jesus is still the king and he's still on the throne and nothing's taking him by surprise. Come on, that's a word of faith. We don't sit around talking about everything that's wrong in the world. We don't sit around for an hour complaining about our wives. At least I don't. I mean, something. No, but the function of that group is to share our faith with one another. What is God saying? What is God doing? And so we all leave mutually encouraged, just like Paul said we would in Romans chapter 1, verse 12. And you might be hearing, you might be thinking, well, gosh, how, how can anybody be encouraged about anything right now? With everything going on, everything surrounding us. We talked about this last week, but I know there's so many of us, there's so many of us going through really heavy things right now. It's hard. Like, life is not always easy, guys. I mean, sometimes it's hard. That's the truth. Sometimes you walk through hard things. And you go through difficult seasons. You go through difficult journeys. And you're like, well, gosh, how in the world can I be encouraged right now? How can anybody be encouraged with everything that's going on? Well, that's the power of faith. That's what faith does. If you look at it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 7, just a couple of chapters over, Paul includes this in his letter as well. As he's writing to these believers in Thessalonica with big faith, this is what he says. He says, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution... We were encouraged about you because of your faith. Now, don't miss that. Because what Paul's showing you is how to live encouraged even when you're going through a hard season. He said, look, I'm persecuted. I'm in distress. But that's not what my focus is on. My focus is on your faith. And as I look at your faith and I focus on your faith, what's happening is my faith is getting built up. And I'm getting encouraged by focusing on what God is doing in you. Paul said, in our persecution and distress, the things that we're dealing with, what's encouraging to us in the midst of all of that is how you are choosing to continue to share your faith with one another. This is such a huge difference maker in our lives if we'll get it. In fact, listen, it is your ministry to the body of Christ. You are called to be an encourager. You are called to be a person who shares faith with one another. And when we do, the body is encouraged and we become strengthened in the Lord. Let me give you another one. When we share our faith, we overcome fear. When we share our faith, we overcome fear. You know, one of the things that people do on Halloween is... They try and induce a, a, a reaction of fear in people in, in kind of a harmless and funny way. My kids, 
will do it. And if you're, if you're a Friends fan, you'll appreciate this. But my kids are constantly trying to scare me, right? And they just can't do it because I'll hear them whispering, no, he's coming, you know? And, and I see them, you know, they're, they're behind the wall, but I can see them, and they just don't get that. So I just come walking in, and they're like, Rah! and I just turn around and go, ah, Unagi. You guys know? You watch Friends? Unagi. Um, yeah, you'll get that later. That's... But that's, you know, we, we try to do that. It's fun. It's harmless. There's nothing wrong with that. But listen to me. Fear is real. And unhealthy and irrational fear is a very real reality that many people live much of their lives dominated by. In fact, the Bible calls that kind of fear a spirit of fear. That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. There's another scripture in Romans, Romans chapter 8, that says that we can actually become enslaved to, to that kind of fear. Enslaved to it means you're bound to it. it, means you can't simply break free from it, you're stuck in it, you're a slave to a spirit of fear. That's a horrible way to live your life. And look, nobody, nobody volunteers for that, right? Nobody like, I'll take the spirit of fear, please, that's how I want to live my life. Nobody volunteers for that, but sometimes we find ourselves in that place battling this spirit in our thoughts and in our emotions, and suddenly we're scared and we just don't know why. Come on. Anybody ever been there? You're scared of things like rejection. You're scared of abandonment. You're scared to trust anybody, including God. You're scared to try something new, something that's out of your comfort zone. You're scared of failure. You're scared of the people around you. You're scared of all of these things, and you don't really know why. What's going on is you are being assaulted and attacked by a spirit of fear. And what fear wants to do is it wants to keep you stuck in that place because when you are under the influence of that spirit of fear, you are crippled. You are stuck where you are. And so God is trying to move you forward in him. He's trying to get you to take a step of faith, but you won't do it because fear is calling the shots in your life because you're enslaved to it. In Psalm chapter 56 verse 3, the psalmist said this. He said, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. Now, you know, another word for trust is faith. So here's what the psalmist is saying. When I'm afraid, what I do is I activate my faith muscle. That's what I do when I feel fear. Because listen, we all deal with this. I wanted to make that clear. It's not like some people deal with the spirit of fear, but my God, I'm so holy. I've never felt that. We've all dealt with a spirit of fear from time to time. And so we all feel it. So what do you do? How do you combat it? You exercise your faith muscle. When I feel afraid, I will choose faith over fear. And this is what I want you to know. Faith is the supernatural antidote to fear. When you begin to exercise your faith muscle, fear has no choice but to leave. Fear has no choice but to get off of you. If you're enslaved to it, faith is the thing that will set you free by the blood of Jesus Christ and the authority of his name. He sets us free from fear, and we can live the calling and the life that he's actually purposed for us. And it, So it works in your own life. When you feel attacked by fear, you can activate faith, and when you start walking in faith, that fear has to go. But it also works for others who are being dominated by fear. It can help them overcome their fears as well. And listen to me. Right now, our world is being assaulted by a spirit of fear. It is, it is, it is dominating so many people 
in our world. And when I say our world, I'm not talking about people in some far off place that you never see. I'm talking about your friends and family, your neighbors, your co-workers, and your classmates. I'm talking about people all over the world right now are living under this oppression of a spirit of fear. They are afraid. And whether they realize it or not, what's happening is we are in a spiritual battle. And fear is the weapon that the enemy is choosing to use to try and destroy us. Now, that might seem shocking to you, but listen, this is exactly what Jesus told us in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. That should not come as a surprise to anybody. You've got an enemy of your soul that is doing everything he can to get you to go down a wrong path and destroy your life. And people are so impacted right now by that spirit of fear that they don't even know what to do. Crippled in it. And so right now, the calling on the church is that we begin to stand up in faith and start rebuking this fear that has so assaulted our world. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39 says this of the church, of the people of God. It says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed. We belong to those who have faith and are saved. Listen to me as a child of God. That's who you are. That's who you belong to. That is your pedigree in Christ Jesus. We are people of faith. We are not people of fear. So choose today. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live afraid because greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world. Come on and give him praise. And so it's time. Listen, it's time for the people of God. You can't expect the world to get this, but you should expect the church to get this. Like, no, we know what fear is. We know what it feels like when we're under attack from the enemy. And so we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to cower down in fear and silence anymore. We're going to begin lifting our voice with a sound of faith. You might be wondering, well, what does that sound sound like? What does the sound of faith sound like? It sounds like the word of God. It's scriptures like, I know in whom I have believed and I know that he is able to keep me against that day. It's scriptures like, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. It's scriptures like, why be downcast, O my soul? Put your trust in God. Listen to me. The same God who parted the Red Sea, knocked out Goliath, sent a well to rescue Jonah, protected Daniel in the lion's den, and raised Jesus up from the dead is the same God that's standing with you, and more than that, is living in you. He's living in you. So if you've got that kind of God living on the inside of you, why in the world should we be afraid of anything? So many people crippled by fear right now. What do they need? They need the church to step up and begin sounding a sound of faith, sharing our faith. I love what, uh, what the Bible says in 1 John. It says, perfect love casts out fear. Come on. That's what the world needs. There's a story in the Bible that illustrates this really well. It's recorded in Acts chapter 27. And the apostle Paul had been arrested and imprisoned for preaching the gospel. And he was sitting in prison, and they decided that he needed to stand trial in Rome. And so what they did is they put him and a bunch of other prisoners on a ship with a big crew, and they were going to sail to Rome. And as they were moving across the sea, the Bible says a storm of hurricane-force winds came up. And they got caught in it. And so, you know, these hurricane force winds, it was bad. It's, it's rocking the boat everywhere. Um, 
you know, they, they essentially had no chance of surviving. If you read the whole story in Acts 27, like nobody really thought they were going to survive this thing. And the storm, it drove them off course. They didn't even know where they were. The waves and the winds, they rocked the ship for, for days. And, you know, I can't help but, you know, when I say that, I think of Gilligan's Island. Come on, anybody a fan? <laughs> Gilligan's Island. You know, <laughs> the weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was, okay. <laughs> great show, great show. But the, it was so bad. And think about this. The Bible says it lasted for 14 days. They were in this storm for 14 days. Literally, you don't know if you're going to survive this thing. You're going from one side of the ship to the other side of the ship. You know, you're just, I mean, the thing is just rocking and, and the waves and it's so bad. It says that they gave up all hope of being saved. They thought for sure they were doomed. They didn't eat anything. They were throwing their cargo overboard. The storm they found themselves in left them feeling totally helpless. And I think that's how a lot of people in our world feel right now, honestly. I feel like people feel hopeless. They're, they're, kind, of, they're kind of being tossed around by something that's beyond their control, right? They're being driven along uh, by things that feel like it's beyond our control, and we have no power to stop it. We're just, we're in this cycle. We don't know, we don't know where we're going to end up. It's all pretty scary. That's how people think. But in the middle of this horrific scene that Paul found himself in on this ship with these other prisoners, he made a decision to lift up a sound of faith. Look what he said to the men in Acts chapter 27, verse 22. He says, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Paul let out a sound of faith but watch this he was sharing his faith with others because and God honored that he said I'm you know what I'm going to spare everybody with you I'm going to spare everybody with you because of my work in your life and so for all the people that are crippled by fear right now what they need for us to do is to stand up and declare the word of the Lord they need us to stand up and share our faith they need us to rise up to the occasion and be who we are called to be we are the faith-filled people who are not scared in the face of anything we've got faith to overcome whatever challenges we may face because we know who our God is and we know that we belong to him See, where the enemy gets a foothold in our life is when we forget who we are in Christ Jesus and we forget who we belong to. So we've got to start doing that. That's what the world is waiting on. Step into this moment. Be the people of God. We're talking about three big impacts that we can make in our world by sharing our faith. And here's the third one I want to give you today. When we share our faith, we reveal Christ. When we share our faith, we reveal Christ. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. I love this scripture. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Then he says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. See, people want to know. They want to know when you begin living with this hope in the middle of a hopeless season, and you start living with faith when everybody else is doubting, and you, you're encouraged when everybody else is discouraged, they want to know, what in the world is going on with you? How, why do you have this kind of hope? Well, the Bible says, be prepared to give them an answer. Don't be like, I don't know. I don't know. 
That's just the way I'm wired, I guess. Huh? I'm an optimist, a glass half full type of guy. I don't know. No, that's not the answer. The answer is it's because our hope is in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says when our hope is put in him, he will not disappoint us. It says it's impossible for him to fail us. So the reason we've got hope when everybody else feels hopeless is because our hope is in the Lord. And so when we share our faith with others, we tell them, this is the reason for the hope that I have. When we do that, we reveal Christ Jesus. And when they see Christ Jesus revealed in our story, in our sharing of faith, then they can see how Jesus can make an impact in their own lives as well. That's how it works. I want to take a minute and, and uh, kind of go a different direction in the message here. And I want, I want Ann to come up and uh, just kind of... Um, I want her to share a little bit. You guys know Ann. She's one of our worship leaders here on Wednesday night. Ann, can you grab both of those stools? I, I forgot to, to get mine. But Ann is one of our worship leaders. She helps with the youth group on Wednesday night. She's just a, a great, great, great godly woman. And she's very strong, both arms. That's what I'm talking about. That's amazing. Come on, give it up for Ann. Yeah. So Ann, I just want you to share a little bit because... You guys may not realize this, but Anne is a full-time ministry uh, with an organization called YWAM. And she actually just got back from a missions trip um, in Tijuana, um, where uh, you guys were sharing faith and, and, talking and talking to people about Jesus and, and what he can do in their lives. And so I just want to talk to you a little bit about that. First of all, how long have you been back from your trip? Um, I go back um, at the end of... August. So at the end of August, so <laughs> yeah. just about two months. So this is still pretty fresh for you. But tell me, tell me a little bit about your trip. Like what, tell me about the group you were leading and the goals and what you guys were trying to do down in Tijuana. Yeah, so I'm with a missions organization called YWAM, or Youth with a Mission. And um, one of the things that we do is we run a six-month discipleship, discipleship school called DTS. And so we have students come for three months here in Colorado where they get poured into, they learn about God. We have topics like hearing God's voice, biblical worldview, um, Father Heart of God. And then we go overseas for two or three months then to share. And this, our YWAM slogan is to know God and make him known. Um, and so that's what this discipleship program does. And so I was helping staff this school. And so I was walking with students um, here in Colorado. And then I took a team um, over to Mexico, and we were there for two months. Wow, two months yeah. in Mexico. Wow, that's amazing. And so what were some of the ways that you and your team were able to share your faith with others? Um, we partnered with a YWAM campus that is in Tijuana, so they're plugged into a lot of different ministries within this city. And so we got to do things from a lot of children's ministry to um, tangibly sharing the gospel through helping build a house or three different houses um, for some families. Um, we did Bible distribution and street evangelism. Um, yeah, kind of a wide variety of things. Well, wow, so you guys were building houses. Now, what did, what did you do? Because we've got some work we need to do around the church. So I'm just wondering, like, are you good with a hammer, paintbrush, screwdriver? Like, what we got? You know, I think I mudded something over there, but that's why it's in the, the back part. You know, yeah. they wouldn't let me <laughs> mud over here. So. Good to know. We'll keep that in mind. So, but I love that because you said you guys, were doing, you guys were doing ministry. Like, was it in the streets? Was it in a church? Um, yes and yes. So it just, it looked different every day, honestly. Sometimes we would go out on the streets and just approach 
random people that we felt like Holy Spirit was highlighting. We'd give them a Bible, ask them if we could pray for them. We saw healings. Um, it was beautiful. Um, and sometimes it was in a church. We would share testimonies um, or the students would give like a message in front of the church through a translator or we would do the kids program for the church or do worship. So it was a both and. Yeah. And so I love that because you guys, obviously, you know, you share your faith by putting on a church service, right? But but you found tangible ways to do that. You were giving food to people who are hungry and water and um, uh, there were there were some refugees that you guys were able to minister to, right? And literally, they're there. They probably have next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And you guys were there on the spot with essential things that, like, literally kept them alive. Yeah. And so that's just as much sharing your faith as putting on a worship service, right? Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. That's so good. Well, let me ask you this. And when you did, when you guys did share your faith, what was some of the impact that you saw? Share some of the testimonies from some of the people. Yeah, so one of my favorite places where we would go um, was right along the border, the U.S. and Mexico border. There are about 800 to 1,000 people living in, um, living in tents, um, just right there, like tons of families from different places of Central um, America and southern parts of Mexico, um, so a lot of people from Honduras, Guatemala, um, yeah, just all these people living in tents with families. Some of them have been there for months. Some of them have been there for years. Some of them have been there for just a couple of weeks. Um, but we would go there every week, and we started to make friends with people there. Um, and we would go and take food. We'd play soccer with the kids, and we'd go around and hand out Bibles and ask people if they wanted prayer. And um, it was also beautiful because we saw the body um, of believers, of like of Christ, step up. And every time we would go, there would be a different church or a different organization also there um, handing out food or um, sharing, you know, an open air message. And so it was so encouraging to see the body just like seeing those people in that need and meeting it. Um, but one of my favorite, favorite times we were there was the first day we went there. Um, we handed out food and we did like a little a drama, like a skit, and then somebody shared a testimony, and a crowd had gathered at that point. And so we gave an invitation for people who wanted prayer. And all these people came up, um, just coming from like horrible, broken situations. We're praying for them. And I remember this older gentleman, he was the first one that ran up during that time, and he just lied face down on the ground. He was just like crying, crying, crying. And so my students gathered around him. They were praying for him, and he said he wanted prayer because he said he had demons in his mind. So my students are praying for him. He got delivered and set free of the Come demons. Awesome. And then yeah. they like, yeah, so good. And so my students stayed and prayed and talked with him for a while. And then they felt like they were supposed to ask him if he wanted to be baptized, and he said, yeah. So they went and they got a bottle of water, and they just baptized him right there on the street. So much fun. So, um, yeah, loved that. And then actually, fast forward, that was like our first day there. Fast forward to our last day of ministry there. We'd been there for eight weeks. And we ended up seeing eight people from that community baptized. And it was just like the cherry on top. That is amazing. So so eight people uh, found Jesus. They came into the kingdom because you were there sharing your faith. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's eternal impact. That's what I'm talking about, guys. This is, it's so beyond, like, us and us just living our lives. Like, we can make a huge difference in somebody else's life. That's so good. Well, tell me about the impact that the trip made on your team. So how did sharing their faith impact them? 
Yeah, so um, I had a team of 10 students, and one young lady, before we went, she almost didn't even go on outreach. She almost actually left Colorado and didn't even finish the program because she was just having some conflict with other girls, and just her parents actually had sent there to kind of help fix her. Um, so she was there, didn't really want to be there, um, almost left. She had told me before we left um, that she didn't trust anyone and this and that. And so anyway, she ended up going on my team. And we're in Mexico, we're about two weeks in, and she had been late to some things. So I sat down with her one day and I'm like, listen, Mariah, like, we want you on this team. We value your voice. Um, we notice when you're not here, but do you want to be here? Um, and she's like, yeah, I want to be here, and just responded really well. She, after that, she started stepping up and started leading, like, our craft times with the kids. Um, and just, I noticed her really engaging um, and becoming close to people that we were meeting in Mexico, so much so that fast forward then to the end of our outreach when we're doing a debrief time, and everyone's going around thanking God for something. And Mariah barely gets out the words, thank you, God, for the people here and then she just breaks down crying and can't even get, get it back together. <laughs> and so much so that she's actually going to go back to Mexico and volunteer for a time serving, like, with the YM campus wow. there. So That's amazing. So she goes from not wanting to be, she doesn't want to do this. Her parents are like, you're going. And yeah. she's like, I don't want to go, but they make her. And she gets involved sharing her faith. And now she wants to do it so much. She wants to go back to Mexico and do it some more. Yeah, for sure. Like, the Lord just poured out his heart on her. And then she wow. was just wrecked. Wrecked is a good word. You know, like when God wrecks you, that's a good reckoning. So, man, that's awesome. That's so good. Well, thank you for sharing. We've got a video, too, that we want to we want to show. Just tell us a little bit about the video we're about to watch. Um, so one of my students from my team made this video. Um, so it'll show some pieces of things that we are involved with. Um, there is a water slide in the video. Somebody took us to this water park that was both the most fun but also the sketchiest Um entertainment I've ever experienced, but thankfully no one was hurt, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. You hear, like, when you go to Mexico, don't drink the water, you know, I mean, don't eat the beans, stuff like that, but add it to the list. Don't go to the water park in Mexico. Or, or, or go. Count the cost. <laughs> to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Awesome. Let's watch the video.
guys stand with me all across the room as we get ready to close today. This is, this is why it's so cool uh, and why I wanted Anne to share with me as we talked about sharing your faith. Because she made a decision when she said yes to Jesus to be someone who shares her faith like with her life. That's, she's in it full time. That's what she does. Um, not just overseas, but here as well. And this is what I want you to understand about the kingdom of God is the kingdom, it thrives and it moves on partnership. So we partner with God and we partner with one another. You see that all through the New Testament. And Anne is one of our missionaries here at Life Chapel. And so when you give at Life Chapel, when you give, you, you give to God and you give to the advancement of his kingdom, that's what it is. We send Anne, Anne sends her team, people get saved people get delivered that's fruit that's kingdom advancement that's harvest because Anne was willing to go and you were willing to give isn't that amazing that's what God does he blesses us so that we can be a blessing he shares his grace with us so that we can share it with others and we're all called to do that in different ways so it's not about what you do necessarily it's about being faithful with what's in your hand and what God has called you to that's what it's all about I want you to just take a minute and bow your heads and, and close your eyes with me because what I want to 
What I want to close with today is just this thought. Am I really someone who's actively sharing my faith? Like the people I work with every day, do they know I'm a Christian? Do they know I go to church? Do they know that Jesus is an important part of my life? Do my family members know? My friends, my neighbors, do they know what my, what my life is about, that it's all about Jesus? Am I someone who's sharing my faith? And if I'm not, what's going on? What, what, what's going on there? Why? Why am I afraid to share this part of my life with everybody around me? Because what I think God wants to do, and this is his, this is his plan to save the entire world. It is for people just like you and me to come to faith in him and then become witnesses, sharers of our faith, sharers of our story, sharers of our time, talent, and treasure so that others can see him too. So this is what I believe God wants to do in our hearts today. Some of you, 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 you get this. You're someone who shares your faith regularly. But listen, I think God wants to take it up to another level because listen to me, the time is short. The Bible says the days are evil. I think anybody with an ounce of discernment can sense and feel that there, there's some stuff going on in our world right now and we may not have a lot longer to be here before Jesus calls us home. And we have a mandate on our lives to tell the whole world about him. So I think some of us have been sharing it some, but we need to step it up a little bit. And every door of opportunity, we need to say, I'm not someone who's going to miss that opportunity. I was looking at uh, trucks just yesterday. I was looking to trade my truck in, and I'm in test driving this truck with the salesperson sitting right there, and he was a captive audience for me to share my faith with him. So I start sharing my faith with him, and then he tells me, oh, man, I'm a pastor. I was like, no way. So then he began to share his faith with me too. But if he wasn't a pastor, you know, what could God have done in that moment? That's what I'm talking about. There's a window of opportunity. There's a door. There's a conversation. You see your neighbor on the street. You see your coworker. Something's going on. Like step into that moment with a word of faith and help them see Jesus in you. Nobody's telling you to be like pushy or close a deal or anything like that. Just let them know who Jesus is and he will do the rest of the work. He'll do it. So some of you, you need to step into more moments to share your faith. And then others of you, this is new for you. You've never done this. And you're thinking, man, I'm not qualified for this. I've never done it before. I'm going to fall flat on my face. Listen, that's not what's going to happen. And God is so gracious and he's so merciful to us. And even when we get mixed up with our words and we say, John chapter 3, verse 16, and we quote something out of 1 Timothy, like, it's all good. He'll still use you and you'll still make an impact. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. People need you to share your faith. So I want to pray over us today, and I just want to pray that this will become real for us in the body of Christ, not just in our church, but all over the world, that the people of God would be people who are faith-filled and share that faith so that others can see Jesus in us. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for how you're working and what you're doing. Lord, even with so much uncertainty around us, we are certain of this one thing, that you are still on your throne. And the scripture says, when everything that can be shaken is shaken, the one thing that will remain is that which cannot be shaken, and that is your kingdom. 
we are advancing in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Lord, I pray that we would become partners with you in the gospel and we would be people who share our faith with others, whether it be sitting around a coffee table, whether it be sitting in a break room at work, whether it be at school, God, with our neighbors on the street, with family members on the phone. God, give us windows of opportunity to speak faith. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would use that seed and you would work and you would bring it to fruition, that you would grow that faith in someone else's heart so that they become a full-fledged follower of Jesus and their eternity is sealed. We thank you, God, for working in Jesus' name. Amen. As the band leads us in this song, come on, let's just continue to commit ourselves to him.